Kindly step all the way in, please, and make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. Hello, everyone. I'm Belle. And I'm Carla or Kurt. And we are the Disney Dykes. And this is episode four. And we are going to talk about the second half of our list of the most underrated Disney movies. All right, let's get to it. Just a reminder, quick reminder of the criteria. Okay, a quick reminder of the criteria that we're doing. We're doing um, underrated based on its rating. So that's usually a critical rating from IMDb. And if there is not a critical rating for that movie, it is the audience rating via IMDb. We are also talking about whether the movie is a hit or a flop in the box office, which usually means we're focusing more on the numbers of opening weekend, but we do kind of talk about the numbers throughout. Um, And we're also going to talk about park representation. So whether or not that movie has anything in particular that's referenced in the park, character meet and greets, that kind of thing. And uh, Disney merchandise. So that's uh, official shop Disney merchandise. And we're using the Frozen standard, which uh, as of the recording of this, there were 190 items on shop Disney for Frozen. We're also going to be talking about our personal opinions on rewatchability for part of this index. Yes, that is true. All right, so let's get to it. I wanted to start this episode with a few honorable mentions that didn't quite make this list because of uh, time or we just really didn't like, it's been a while since we've seen it, but we have a lot of love in our hearts for this movie, but it's just one thing or another. Yeah, just one thing or another didn't quite make it onto this list, or maybe it was contentious about whether or not it was underrated. Tarzan. All right, let's talk about those honorable mentions first honorable mention i just want to say i love tarzan i love the movie i love the animated series i think that they could do so much more in the parks with it, especially with animal kingdom i think it would be awesome to do um, um we're also gonna throw out an honorable mention for homeward bound i'm an animal lover dog and cat lover i remember that being like a basis for me when i was young that movie is just really special it's just a wonderful movie and like i still i still freak out and i'm like sassy no like <laughs> i still have so many emotions about that movie it just we didn't have quite the time to to work it in but oh my god go watch homeward bound it's amazing also fantasia this one gets um sort of the shaft a little bit because it because it's musical and orchestration and, yeah but beautiful beautiful yes, movie yes. minus the racism yeah i'm not a fan of the racism the racism should have been a uh, nicks edit it out well they did edit it out Instead, they should have made all of those horses African-Americans and no white people should have been in that. Yes, I'm here for that. (laughs) Take out the white ponies, 2K18. Um, I'm also going to throw out an honorable mention for Who Framed Roger Rabbit because that movie is not a kid's movie Mm -hmm. at all. And um, Mrs. Rabbit. Wow. Oh, yeah. She's a a fox, man. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's a fox on purpose. Hello. I'm not bad. I was just drawn that way. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So I think that's it for our honorable mentions. All right. So we are going to start this episode off with our number six. 
Oh, this is a beloved one for me. Um, growing up in my household, we watched it all the time. Sword in the Stone. I love Sword in the Stone. It got a critical review of 70 out of 100. So, I mean, it's it's fair. fair yeah, enough. fair on the scale. Um, it was a box office hit, so I'm using that in quotations. It made money, but it, it, it was slow. No, actually, it was pretty quick. Pretty, pretty quick. Quick yeah. to make money for oh, this one. well, mm-hmm. then I'm a dirty liar, and it was a hit, and I don't know why I wrote down quotation marks on that. Hit? Hit? <laughs> it's like a fun, like, inflection. Fresh seafood. <laughs> <laughs> it was a box office hit. Um... Rewatchability. It's a really fun movie. It's amazingly fun. From the songs to Madame Mim, who's a cult favorite and also like my favorite. I love her. She's fantastic. Um, and I, I really think that it's the voice acting that makes this movie. Mm. They had a lot of fun with it, and you could tell. And it's just like it. It's. <sighs> It has a lot of that classic feel to it without right. all of the boring seriousness yeah, that sometimes is. you get bogged down in the earlier movies where it's like, yeah, we're going to have some fun kiddo songs and we're going to talk about death and mortality yeah, the, and how you're really only here for a short period of time and everything you do is meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> it lost a few points. It's not that deep, which is fine. It's fine to have a really fun movie and actually like that's why it scored so high on our rewatchability scale because it's not one of those movies you've got to be in a mood for. We're depressed enough as it is. Yeah. Sometimes we don't need movies to make us more depressed. It's true. Um, It's a super light-hearted, fun movie. Um, And honestly, it's not even that much about King Arthur. No, it's it's really more about about Merlin. Merlin. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But it's, it's a really adorable movie, and it's very quotable. There's so many little cutaway scenes that are just really fun and lighthearted right. and clever. It's right. very tactful humor. Yeah, it's it's also very like old fantasy land aesthetic. You it know is. what I mean? Yes. Like that classic aesthetic. It is. It is very classic aesthetic. And honestly, it, <laughs> as a quick aside to those of you who are Doctor Who fans, it's absolutely 12 and Missy <laughs> if you compare Merlin and Mad Madam Oh, so it definitely it, is. it definitely has an extra special love in our hearts because the characterization of the two of them is just exactly the same and it works way too well. So uh, that's yep. food for thought. Park wrap. Um, it's got, I mean, I would say decent compared to other things on this list. Yeah. Sorcerers, yeah. Of, the, Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. I haven't played the game, but I've seen a lot about it. And from what I can see, Merlin's featured pretty prominently in it. Um, and then there's the actual sword and the st- in the stone in Fantasyland. Yes. Um, Merlin is on a lot of different like merchandising things. He's sort of used as like the stock character sorcerer next to Mickey, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's really cute that they do that little um, thing in front of the carousel where Merlin will help take the sword out of the stone mm-hmm. with one of the lucky kids kind of things. And that's really cute. It is cute. Um, and honestly, every time I go to Disney, I have to take a picture of me pulling on the sword. It's just my thing. We have those. <laughs> we'll post those. Yeah. I'll post put, those to the Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I'll post that on Twitter. Um, and on me, Facebook. And on Facebook of me pulling up on the, uh, of the sword in the stone stone. Yeah. Um, and it's, 
I am a little bit surprised that we didn't get a dark ride out of this one. It, it seems like we really could have done a dark ride. ride. Yeah. yeah, especially a Fantasyland dark ride. Yeah, it would be really adorable. Just, you know, different scenes from the movie. And it would be really good with, like, black lighting and animatronics. Yeah. It would be adorable. Ooh, that underwater scene. Wait, when they're fish? That yeah, would be nice. Yeah, that would be a really good light effect. Thank you. If you're listening, Disney, we are open and available to be Imagineers. And our starting rate is... $100,000 a year. <laughs> I will take free admission to the park and um, uh, let's see. And what else? one Dole Whip. A single Dole Whip. Ooh, wait, 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 wait. I can sweeten the pot. I will take free admission to the park and a Dole Whip a day. That's what I will take for pay if you let me imagine here for you. Oh my goodness. We'll never live. We'll just live in the parks. Listen, you said you'd take a salary. I said I'd take Dole Whip. It'll work. Okay, well, if I can get some of your Dole Whip, then. Yeah, I get one a day. I'll share. You'll share. We'll get. We'll each get half a Dole Whip a day. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Merc for um, Sword and Stone. So, Merc. They got three. They got mm-hmm. three search results. Two of them were DVDs, and one of them... <laughs> It's a Madame Mim pen. I want that pen. I know. So, like, that was a little bit surprising. But, I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm mad about it. Because how can you be mad about that? Um, I just thought it was funny. Because most of these things are, oh, yeah, well, no no results. Just the DVDs. And this one's DVDs and Madame Mim. <laughs> so that was... Uh, that was fun. I'm going to let my wife take this next one because she has strong feelings about it. Woo! Okay, let's see if I can talk about this one without getting mad. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Atlantis, The Lost Empire. I'm sure everyone was waiting to see when this movie would be mentioned. This comes in at number seven on our list in no particular order. And I felt like it would be unfair to talk about it absolutely first because I wanted to savor it for a minute because I absolutely adore this movie. I loved it when it came out. I saw it in theaters. I have wonderful memories about this movie, but the reviews, I mean, it's, it's not good, Todd. The reviews were a 52 out of 100. That is the lowest rating of any of the movies on this list by far. Like by 20 points almost. Yes, it's 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 tragic. It's an absolute Greek tragedy that it got such a low review. And it, in the box office, it was a huge flop. I mean, it did spectacularly bad. It was very bad. Yeah, I mean, the most fair analysis of this movie that I can think of is that there's a lot going on in this movie for it only being an hour and a half long. There's a lot to pack in there. You have a lot of world building. You have a lot of world mythos with the living crystal and the technology and why was Atlantis underwater and uh, all of the different characters. And oh my God, there's a lot. There's a lot, a lot going like on. Like Pandora levels of mythos, but packed in an hour and 30 minute film with a lot of other things happening. Yeah, yeah. I I, I feel like, especially in the year 2000, I think is when this movie came out, when it was kind of still in the peak princess phase, I think where every Disney movie that was coming out was a different princess kind of film. I love Kida for being this, quote, princess, but she's 
she's not like your traditional Disney like, princess. 50 times more the murder. She's like a thousand years old, kicks ass, wears like a bikini, is just not taking any prisoners. Also at one point she becomes a crystal god. Yeah. This movie is intense. The animation is beautiful. I love this movie. For um, a balanced perspective, the cast is diverse. The character designs are awesome, yes. right? Um, and it's gorgeous. I mean, truly spectacular animation. But I am the person who said, there's too much mythos in it for me. <laughs> well, like my favorite line, now I'm telling you, you don't want to know. No. <laughs> but I think the most compelling thing I've said is, and I'll ask my listeners this question too, how did Atlantis sink? That's like the main plot of that movie, right? There was a war going on, maybe? Maybe? Who knows? I think they say in the intro, but, uh, yeah. It's hard to decipher. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, yeah, that's a problem. But I'm still gonna fight anyone that doesn't like this movie because they're wrong. I did not say I disliked the movie. I love the movie. (laughs) I was just pointing out some potential problems with the movie. Fair. Fair. Um, so yeah, beautiful art beautiful cast i i i honestly i really love the especially the different um like little sharks and fish in the end that they use like powered by the crystal it's a very steampunk movie yeah disney went through its steampunk phase right around that time it did with the sand treasure planet yeah oh we should have used that as an honorable mention honorable mention the treasure planet um but yes, um, as far as park representation goes, uh, that's, n- I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing. Disney pretends like this movie didn't even happen. They really do. They want to disown it. Mm-hmm. They, they that just, didn't happen. Yeah, they just pretend like this did not even happen. Um, and as far as merch goes, there were three on uh, Shop Disney and they were all DVDs. Yeah, it's non-existent. And it, it, this could almost, if it had been more successful, fit into Animal Kingdom. Yeah, I mean, pre-Avatar, if they couldn't do Beastly Kingdom, they could have done Atlantis. And I think that that would be something, especially with the preservation of culture and right. ideology. And it's, it would be like where it would fit just as well as Pandora fit. Yeah, I, I think so too. I um I definitely would agree with you there. Um, okay, so I've gotten off my Atlantis soapbox. I think we should go on to number eight. Wally. Out there, there's a world outside of Yonkers. Way out there beyond it's this. It's no sea. surprise that we love Wally, or I think it shouldn't be at this point in time. I love Wally. I think Wally is honestly one of the best Disney Pixar movies, if not the best Disney Pixar movie. Right. And some people may be asking, why do you think this is an underrated Disney movie? Well, it's a fair question. Um, critics gave it a 95 out of 100. Which I think was the highest out of any of the movies on this list. Yes. Um, it box office. It was a little slow to make money, but it made it up. Um, for our rewatchability, it's complex and it's a thinker. So it's not something you can just quickly pick up. You need to turn on the subtitles because you would be surprised what those robots are saying when you think they're just making noises. I know. That's a pro tip that we learned because both of us are just a teensy but hearing impaired. And so we turned on the subtitles and a lot of times when you're like, oh, Wally, Eva, like 
like you're like, oh, they're just saying like they're each other's names and they're having like actual words there that you just right. thought were like beep, 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 beep. So that's a... <laughs> so you're thinking, hey, Disney Dykes, why are you saying everyone loves it? Why do you think it's underrated? Well, for a movie that's this strong, where's our park representation? I mean, I feel like we'll have to do an episode at some time about how to fix Epcot. And I would fix Epcot with Wally. I would just put Wally on everything because it's such like it shows the pessimism of what happens when we don't take care of our planet. And I understand that. And that is a very dark theme. But it does it in an optimistic way where even in a worst case scenario, you can still come back from it. It just takes time. There's hope. There's hope. And it's a very hopeful movie. And they overthrow their robot overlords, which I'm always here for. It's it's not, it's never too late is really the message of that movie. It's absolutely fantastic. And I mean, I know that um, Siemens' partnership with Spaceship Earth has come to an end. And I would love for the next person to pick up a sponsorship with Spaceship Earth. I, I have so many feelings about them taking out the outdated animatronics because yes, they were outdated, but it was at least something that was a lot better to look at than a clip art screen telling you what your future is going to be yeah. like. So I'm thinking if Epcot's new trend is to put in all kinds of different, you know, like they put Frozen in where they had Maelstrom, why not put Wally in? Um, in, in Spaceship Earth. In Future World in general. Yeah. Because that's, and we have a lot of feelings about Epcot and what they're doing to it. But my, our feeling in general is if you're going to do characters in Epcot, if you're going to, okay, ch- times are changing. You need to, right? I guess. I mean, you don't need to. But if you're going to, do it do where it makes works. sense. Yeah. Wally thematically makes perfect sense with future world and it has like i mean someone can correct me if they think i'm crazy but i think it has that very same that feeling you get from retro epcot it does it has that feeling of something old mixed in with something new and it being it, it belongs together it works very well and i would love to see that i agree with that and tell them about your idea okay so this is my little special idea for anybody who was or is a park regular in tomorrowland in the magic kingdom they used to have a little animated uh, talking trash can that would go around and um i forget its name because when i was younger i just called it trashy (laughs) and um the trash can actually called me Skittles once because I was wearing a tie-dye shirt, and that's actually a really fond memory of my own. But they took that attraction away um, quite a long time ago, actually. But I would love to see them put in an animatronic Wally to do the same kind of thing. So just in Tomorrowland, having a little Wally go around and Tomorrowland, Future World, or both. Both. I mean, I. I mean, I could see them doing both. I mean, if you're gonna have Frozen all over the place, why not do Wally yeah. in two places? I don't think it's overkill. I think that it would be. I mean, I just think it's a very well plotted idea, and I know it's yeah. my own idea. So, like, shout out to myself, I guess. But <laughs> I think that it would work 
a lot. And even if you didn't have the um, the little compacting motion that he did with the and he made like a little <laughs> cube of trash, like I still think that it would be cool to come and interact with a Wally. Right. At least a character meet and greet. I mean, goodness knows they've got them over at Hollywood Studios. Yes. Like if you can meet BB-8, why can't you meet Wally? Yeah, that would be good. Um, as far as merch goes, we got... 40, that's in quotation marks because it gave us some unrelated um, search results, but 40-ish results. They're stepping it up a little bit with Wally at the yeah, very least. Yeah, um, I looked it up. So Wally came out in 2008. So I think that they've actually kind of upped their their merchandise for it because it's the 10-year anniversary of Wally. And like that to me, whew, I feel old because I remember seeing it in theaters and I'm like, oh my God, this movie's 10 years old now. Right. But yeah. It is. Uh, and it's got some good merch. Their it mugs does. especially, as well as their t-shirts and their crossbody Wally bag. Yeah, but it's favorite. it's taken a long time for them to release anything Wally. I would say I didn't really see anything Wally until like the last two or three years. Right. But the last two or three years we got our mugs. That was really it. Yeah, but they only had it on... They started with the the Parks mugs, where if you put them together, they have a little cutout, and it makes a heart when you put the mugs next to each other. And the design is fabulous. It's the scene from where they're in space, and Wally has the fire extinguisher, and Eve has her little trail of um, energy dust or whatever it is that she leaves behind. Just for an extra gay moment, those make a heart, and I'm Eve, and, and she's I'm Wally. Wally, and yeah. we drink out of them and make little heart mugs. That's sickening. <laughs> this is your gay moment of the podcast. I know. Here's your extra gay moment. Okay, so we're going to go on to talk about our number nine, Zootopia. <laughs> our most recent film on this list yes it is our most recent film on this list and some people might also be wondering why we have zootopia on a list of underrated disney movies uh the reviews were were okay that's a 78 out of 100 um and it did good at the box office yeah um as far as rewatchability it's a little bit hard to rewatch it's a very real movie it, it goes back to the whole thing um but this time in like not before it's time it's about you know police versus different classes of people racism prejudice we mean the police using their power over other people it's um unconscious privilege yeah unconscious racism it's it, it has a lot of very dark, very deep themes to this movie for it being about cutesy animals living in a place called Zootopia. Like, really the reason we put it on is because it it did really well when it came out, but I feel like it's starting to get forgotten. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are like, yeah, I mean, like I saw it, but like they haven't seen it since it came out. And if it weren't for the Shakira song, Try Everything, I kind of wonder how many people would still think about it at at all which is a shame because it's a really good movie and it's one of those movies that really makes you uncomfortable in a good way because it's one of those things that i don't know you kind of have to you have to check yourself and you're like oh 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 like right. they're really going there mm-hmm. um especially I'm- when it comes to you know you can't say cute bunny only a bunny can call each other cute that kind of thing um, and then there's also, oh, you're a sly fox and right. that whole thing and how he wanted 
to be like was a Cub Scout or something yeah. like that, and they all made fun of him because he was, you know, a predator kind of thing, and and her carrying around the fox spray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's it it all has very overt racial overtones to it. I mean, this movie came out in 2016. There, um, we'll come back to the Parker up in a second, but there were only 20 items on the mm. merchandise list. Um, for <laughs> it being a movie that came out two years ago and there are only 20 items, um, that to me is a little bit unexpected. Yeah. I thought I'd see a lot more than that. I mean, when did Frozen come out? Much longer. Mm-hmm. Much longer ago. 190. Yeah. Versus 20. Yep. Yep, 190 versus 20. Um, and we're not really bashing on Frozen. It's one of my favorite movies. I'm just saying, like, there are other there are other fish in the sea, Disney. There, yeah, it, it's true. I just think it's one of those things that it's really easy to slap a princess on something. And this didn't really have that. And it's, it's a shame, I think, because mm-hmm. I think that the characters are very well developed. I actually really liked the you know mystery aspect of it because going through and watching the movie the first time it was sort of like trying to put all the pieces together in like forensic files yeah because it's you know oh you're kind of trying to work through a crime scene in your own head and what's going on and it's a kind of almost detective kind of case that you get to go along on it i really liked that about the movie very diverse. Yes. Very, very like a lot going on in that movie in a good way. All yes. comes together type of thing. Yes. And I like, I like that, um, I forget the name of the, uh, the, what, I think it was a fox friend of hers from her childhood. And he was like, well, gosh, mm-hmm. I just always called those night howlers. Right. I like that he ends up being one of the solving pieces in this film. And it seems like he got some therapy. He used he did. very therapeutic language. Yes, he did. And I'm all here for people in Disney movies going out and getting the therapy that they need. Get that therapy, kids. Yeah, Judy's mental health need first. Some. Right. Um, as far as park representation goes, they do feature Zootopia in their Move It, Shake It uh, parade that they do in the Magic Kingdom. But that's it, as far as I know. That's like the only time that you see anything Zootopia. It's kind of true. Yeah. I think it would almost be interesting like they do the Jedi Training Corps at um, Hollywood Studios. It'd be kind of interesting to get like... You have like a Judy Hopps thing where she Woody! teaches you how to be like a little junior officer in, or something. In full costume? She's gonna go up there and teach you how to be a junior officer in full? Well, listen, if Mickey Mouse can do it, why can't Judy Hopps? Okay, fine. Yep. <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> well, I still think it would be cute. I think you could do something with Animal Kingdom character breakfast. Yeah, I think that would be interesting. I almost feel like it would do better in Magic Kingdom or even Probably. in Epcot. Yeah. Just because they're animals, but they're really more human. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you have the savannah, like the tundra. You have all oh, of those yeah. ecosystem yeah. representation. That would be cool. It's Maybe- okay. To, you seem very lukewarm on the idea. It would be an interesting show. Like okay. if they did something kind of in the way that A Bug's Life did something. Okay. I think that would be cool. That's fair. Spitballing. Okay, so on to our last topic of today. Ooh, this one, and this one is dead. Yes. Um, we are going to talk about number 10 on our list, Emperor's New Groove. Number 10. 
So the Emperor's New Groove. I mean, it's the millennial movie. It is the millennial movie. But it didn't get great critical reviews. 70 out of 100. Box office flop. Like a, like a big time flop. Yeah, it like blood money. It, it, was... it bombed. Um, Which is a shame. It is a shame because it's so rewatchable. It is. I could watch that movie right now. I mean, how many millennials quote that? All of them. Everyone. Um, There's there's SpongeBob and there's The Emperor's New Groove. And that's what everyone will say just offhandedly. Right. And I will say that it's not something I would get little kids on because there's nothing to really hold their interest if it starts to wane. Yeah. I mean, there's no... There aren't any songs. There aren't any musical numbers that they break out into. And I mean, there are like one, right? Like the main title song. Yeah, but Who's I. Go? Isn't Who's yet. Yeah. <laughs> that's his name. Okay, but that's like kind of a one jazz sequence right. thing. It's not like um, not what they originally planned on doing. Which we'll we'll get into that a little bit. Millennial movie, yes. Uh, it definitely is. I would say it, it very encapsulates the millennial ideal. Um, but the TV show was met, as Carla will tell you. Yeah, I tried to watch it a little bit when I was younger, and it just, I don't know, I feel like they very much tried to copy-paste what they did with Hercules, the series, where they're like, okay, we're gonna do him and his school-age things, and it didn't work for me. I mean, it's not to say that somebody out there didn't enjoy it, but I, I was not that person. I didn't think that the jokes were nearly as funny. I think that they also kind of tried to force some kind of weird romance to go on, if I remember correctly. I don't know. To me, it was very forgettable. Right. And it, it just didn't seem like it had a whole lot of a budget either. Yeah. Well, park rap, there is none, which is a little bit surprising because there, there is potential. South America isn't represented in the parks. At all. At all. There is no South American representation whatsoever. Um, <laughs> a little side note story. One time we actually called uh, Cusco the only South American Disney princess. So enjoy that thought. Well, boom, baby. Boom, baby. Well, it seems like there could be park stuff. I go back to Animal Kingdom. You think of the explorers, right? Mm-hmm. The wilderness explorers. You think that Croc would fit in really well with that? Yeah, he would. Squeaker, squeakums, squeak, squeak, squeakums. Couldn't you see that? Yes, it would be really cool. And I mean, honestly, the whole thing would. Hmm. Before I get carried away on myself, I just think it would make a really good roller coaster or even section of a themed water park. Because mm. think about it pull the lever, Croc. Ah! Wrong lever! Like. It could be a really good roller coaster. It would just be copy and paste and it would be so easy to do and they haven't done it. And it makes me like really- Feel some type of way. It makes me feel some type of way that they haven't done the, any kind of roller coaster or water slide or something. I would love for them to have a a themed, I mean the whole slide with the arrows and stuff on it. Right. To make a real, water slide and or roller coaster type thing because i feel like it would be pretty easy to do i mean especially because you see most of what they experience in the movie um or (laughs) i don't know i feel like there's just so many good way moments Mm -hmm. in the emperor's new groove i mean like you could almost even do part of the ride being like the little um 
the the chase scene with Kronk and Yzma. Like, how did we get here? Oh, I don't know. By all accounts, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you could do something like that, too. And it just, like, there's so much dry humor in this movie that I feel like they could really cash in on. But they just don't. It makes me sad. As far as merch goes, there's 10, which is a low number, but good quality merch, especially for adults. I know. I expected it to be just... Um, just the DVDs, and it really wasn't. I expected, I mean, I, I just, there was not a whole lot that I expected out of it. And there's t-shirts that say, no touchy, and like stuff with Kronk on it, and it's really cool. Um, well, and we would be wrong to talk about The Emperor's New Groove and not talk about what it was going to be. Yes. Which is the Kingdom of the Sun. So we'll read a little bit about that from Wikia fandom page. Kingdom of the Sun, also known as Kingdom in the Sun, was a film due to be released in winter of 2000. The film would be reworked into The Emperor's New Groove. The protagonist is Pacha, an 18-year-old llama herder voiced by Owen Wilson. Pacha meets Emperor Mancho, who he looks and sounds identical, and they decide to switch places in order to let Mancho take a break from his royal duties. A romantic plot involved Nina, Mancho's fiancé, falling for Pacha, while Mancho is with the female llama herder, Mata, who joins him on a quest back home. Yzma is a sorceress and member of the royal court who longs to be young and beautiful like she was years prior. She creates a plan to block out the sun. Her minions consist of a talking talisman known as Huka, three mummies named Mick, Bowie, and Lemmy, and, a dark for and the dark force Supai, and Kronk does not exist. Yzma turns Mancho into a llama, with the Emperor Llama learns, which the Emperor Llama learns humility in his new form. The climax involved Pacha and Mancho set out to undo the witch's plans, and Yzma summoning Supai to engulf the kingdom, but ultimately being killed by the sun, which Pasa lassoed and pulled down to earth. So a lot more mythology. Yeah, so it was a lot of real like Incan mythology that was worked into it. A lot darker themes. You get to see Yzma get murdered by the sun. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a really cool song that did was recorded called Snuff Out the Light. Yeah, and it, it's very, it's an, a song that Yzma was supposed to have done. And it's very like showgirly, almost like big band, Las Vegas kind of style. Mm. Very like Broadway almost or like- Yeah, but like that kind of like very showy, it kind of like the old days when they would do some kind of show on Broadway. Big there, band. There were the girls with yeah. the fans and that kind of stuff It looks going very on. much like that for sure. Yeah. So a lot more mythology, a lot darker themes. Um, if you're wondering why we got this, the, the producers there didn't like it. They, they hated it, really. And there was a whole thing about it. Please go online, search it, and read about it. Yeah, they basically scrapped it and started from the ground up, almost. But like six months to release date. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a time crunch for sure. And they, I really love what they came out with, especially given the amount of time that they had yeah. to work on it. Is it weird that I want both? I would love to see this Kingdom of the Sun released and it not be like a reworking of an emperor like the emperor's new group but it just being like another south american movie right. that happens to deal with llamas like yeah. i would love to see that 
and it right. not be like a sequel because I think that that would be cool too but I, I don't think they're ever going to do it I don't think they will either but I think that about wraps it up for our list of 10 um, and if you guys have anything to add please go over and follow us on Facebook or Twitter Disney Dykes spelled D-Y-K-S yes and that's um, on Twitter that's at Disney underscore D-Y-K-S and I will always be happy to answer questions or look at your pictures and talk about them and whatever. Ditto on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Join our community, boost us, get followers, help us keep doing this thing. And as always, hurry back. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>